Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Wheeler winds up and a 1-2 pitch. Breaking ball. Strike three. Called. Got him looking. And Cronenworth, the eighth strikeout victim of the night for Zach Wheeler, who goes seven scoreless innings here in game one of the NLCS. Zach Wheeler has been simply brilliant. There you go. Scott Fransky. That's what we need tonight. It's all we need tonight. By the way, one of the partners Scott Fransky worked with during this year was one of my favorite Phillies over the years, Turkey Bacon himself, Eric Kratz, who's nice enough to join us. How are you doing? I am doing great. I never heard that I was one of your favorites, though. I, feel I like interviewed you, so you're not going to remember this, but when we, years ago on WIP, we went down to spring training and we were yep. doing a game and you hit a home run in this game. Yep. You were, like, trying to make the team, and then you came, like, still during the game after they took you out, and we interviewed you, and you were a riot. And I thought, what a nice guy this guy is. So it's the only time we've ever spoken, but I remember it. I'm surprised you don't. <laughs> um, all right, Mike Skielski, Glenn Mack. Now, Eric, you you got around in the major leagues, made the most of it. I'm kind of looking here. It appears that in 11 seasons you played for eight different clubs. Yeah, eight different clubs. Um and made the playoffs a few times and suggest to me that you have been in the position that the Phillies are in tonight of an elimination game. I just kind of wanted to get from you, particularly a guy who's a catcher, because I always think catchers are smarter, kind of the, you know, what goes through your mind, the psychology of facing elimination. Oh, man, the psychology of facing elimination is something, uh, it's, when you're in that moment, if you have any doubt, you're never going to win. I've been in moments where, like, I've lost in Game 7, ALCS to the Astros, Game 7 of the World Series to the Giants, Game 7 to the Dodgers and the NLCS. Um, so I've seen it. And a lot of clubhouse. Wow. Yeah, a lot, a lot of games. Well, game, game 5, I was sitting on the bench for the uh, – the game where Holiday versus Carpenter, mm-hmm. um, oh. and so you think. I mean, you, you think. So as a fan, you sit there, and when you're not playing, that's what you are. You're just a fan with awesome seats, and you're sitting there, and you're like, "Okay, what what, what do we have to do to win?" Okay, the first guy got out. Oh man, this is bad. This isn't bad. But when you're playing in those games, you're. It's like an extra level of ultra focus 
And when things start going your way, I hear all the time, I hear Howard Eskin say, oh, there's no momentum in baseball. There's no momentum, you know, there's 100% momentum. Because when you get a big hit, it is just something that just continues to roll. Now, if you don't get any hits, if, if Wheeler comes out and he's got, you know, three scoreless and Astros really don't have anything going, then you're just kind of waiting on edge. You're waiting on edge, and guys kind of get into like an extra inning mentality of, okay, well, i got to be the one that does it. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's just a matter of being okay with seeing the positive in everything, and that can be tough in baseball. Eric, we've had a couple callers ask about um, potentially the Phillies changing their lineup a little bit tonight to account for the fact that guys like Reese Hoskins or Nick Castellanos haven't been hitting lately. In your experience, what would be the effect to the team if, hypothetically, Rob Thompson were to change his lineup before tonight's game? I, I think guys would they'd figure it out. Like you would, you'd be like, okay, well, I just got to do my part anyway. I don't think anybody's feelings would be hurt. I think it would be a ton of second guessing afterwards if it doesn't go well. But I think it would be more detrimental than it would be helpful. Like, I'm going to quote Charlie Manuel because you have guys in your lineup that are really good. If you don't think Reese Hoskins is good enough, don't put him in there. But Charlie Manuel would always say, "Well, you know, if he's if he's not if he's not swinging well, that that means I better move him up in the lineup because he's about to get hot." <laughs> and that's and and that that is the mentality that Topper has. When I would talk to him during the season, he trusts these guys so much that you know what, at some point you might trust them to a fault. And a lineup that knows, if you know, okay, this guy, he pitched to this guy this way, I see a trend, now all of a sudden you're at bat, feels like you've had this at bat before. And I get it. I get it. Hoskins has, you know, Hoskins and Real Muto both have the same same amount of strikeouts, you know, and they're both leading the postseason ever in strikeouts. And I get that. But what have we seen this series? It's all about one pitch. It's all about one at bat. And you never know if that's going to be the one that wins the game for you, which pushes you to game seven, which ultimately wins the World Series for you. Uh, Eric Kratz is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric with a K, Kratz, K-R-A-T-Z, 11. So, um, not, not 11, 19. Oh, wait, actually I got it. Now I got Eric Kratz 31. Hold on. I'm going to find your Twitter account. Oh, 31. Yes, there it is. Eric Kratz 31. We're both wrong. There you go. E R I K K R A T Z 31. All right. We if, if you guys aren't, if you guys aren't careful, Elon's going to kick you both off of Twitter. Right. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> okay. So as a longtime major league catcher who spent your career, uh, handling major league pitchers, you got Zach Wheeler coming in tonight, who was so good early in the playoffs, uh, and has you know said by all accounts he's gassed. He, he doesn't have much left. What do you, if you're the manager, if you're the catcher, what do you try to squeeze out of him tonight on what figures to be? After tonight, he's got a hundred days to rest. You get everything you can. You make sure you find out how he feels, and you hopefully you can get an honest answer. And the game's going to really rely on JT. Uh, you know, Zach's not going to have – he's not going to have 99. Okay. 
So how do we attack? Do we attack him more like if I'm trying to think of somebody that doesn't throw 99? You know, you, you kind of look at it that way. He still has a sinker. He still has he still has the will to want to do it. And if his stuff isn't there, and that's got to be an in-game evaluation, then you have to you have to maybe attack him a little bit differently. I would never say to anybody, hey, nibble a little bit. But you saw what happened the last game in Houston when he just attacked. You know, his stuff wasn't quite as sharp. He didn't have that last little bite on his fastball or his breaking ball, and they hit it early in the count. So his mentality is, I'm attacking the zone. I'm going to attack the zone, and I'm going to get out that way. He has enough control that he might need to be able to nibble. I'm not saying that's the game plan. I'm saying in the moment, you know if a guy doesn't have his stuff. And JT needs to be able to communicate that to Zach, but he also needs to be able to communicate that to Topper so Topper can make a in-game, non-analytical decision of, hey, you know what? My guy doesn't got it. Or you know what? This guy's the chief, and I'm going to keep him in there just like, you know, the Rays didn't do when Blake Snell was in the game. Mm. Eric, the Phillies were kind of poised to take control of the series, it seemed, after Game 3. You know, you win 7 nothing, you hit five home runs, uh, and then the Astros come back and win those two games at Citizens Bank Park. What is it, apart from the cheating, <laughs> about the Astros um, that— you know you're talking to a former Astro, by the way. I know, I know. Um, but what is it that, about them that kind of gives them this? I mean, obviously they're really good, but is there something else going on here that keeps them kind of cool in these situations, so to speak? Experience is the first thing everyone's going to say. Yes, they're very good, but I think their process is something that it's just like leaving Reese in a two-hole. It's the process of, hey, these guys can do it, leave them where they are, and continue that process. And the process is they don't strike out a lot, and they walk more than everybody else. So it's, you know, it's one of those, they're, they're in the top five in both categories. And so in games when you need a dinger, yeah, they can supply that, but they're just going to be there and constantly be a gnat and constantly be able to work at bats, and I'm not saying the strikeout is awful, because I do believe that the home run versus the strikeout is way more valuable, all that stuff, but this is the World Series. This is why the Dodgers have been here so often, or have been to the point so often, and they haven't won it. In these games, you got to be able to have some grit, and that's why I think the Phillies have gotten to where they are, because they have that grit, they have that in in a sense, not to be corny, but they have that Philly mentality, and they've embraced that, and that's what's got them to this point. No matter what it is, that's how you can get to this point, and then when you hit some dingers, it works out, and the Astros just encompass all of that. And the thing that's crazy to me is the fact that the Astros, cheating or not cheating, their their minor league system just keeps churning out people. Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get rid of Correa turn someone else out like really like the cheaters that are on the team anymore are Yuli and Bregman because I would bet the house Altuve didn't cheat because of playing with him several different times in my career and so it's just those three guys 
Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest, you know, so I think it's really, it's changed so much, and yet they're still in this position. All right, and you mentioned the farm system, and that's what I want to ask you about, and specifically with pitching. Um, and I don't know when you were there if this was going on, but I read a, read a piece by Tyler Kepner in the New York Times the other day about how they just – they get these kids out of the Dominican. They're not regarded as top 100 prospects, but they just find a way. They, they either see something or find a way to develop it in the minor leagues so that guys like Javier and Framber Valdez, who's going to pitch tonight, just become these hellacious, unhittable pitchers. Did, did, I guess uh, the first part of it is, did you see that while you were there? Or short of that, what do you see in how they develop that pitching staff? I didn't see it while I, was, while I was there. While I was there, it was the young position players that came up and really mm-hmm. okay. made that impact, and you've seen those guys through, through the years. But it's really the, I assume, based on the people that I know that are in the organization, they don't have a secret sauce. They're not like, okay, hey, nobody tell anybody, but you know, we put our, you know, we we put all our baseballs in water and then we have the Dominican kids throw heavy baseball. You know, it's nothing. there's no secret sauce. But what it is, is they have a group of people in the organization that truly delves into these kids, whether it's Dominican kids, whether it's American kids, and they put them in the situation to succeed. And I know you're like, oh, well, that sounds easy. Why doesn't everybody do it? Well, how many people have you worked with that are turds and they don't, you know, they don't talk nicely about their other coworkers? They I don't, don't believe you know, that's a question I should answer on the air, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Everybody's are you talking about me, Mac? Now, are no, you no, talking no. about me? You're, you're too new to feel that way. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're you're exactly right. Like it's like if you sit there and you say, "Okay, we have three parts of the organization. We have." the baseball side, the analytics side, and the business side. And that's, that's how we, you know, that's how we're going to work things. And, you know, the baseball side never understands our analytics side and the analytic never side understands the baseball side. No, they're working in the same direction. They're all pushing for the same thing and it's the success of the organization. And they find it just like any other fortune 500 company does. They find it by the employees, the players. They help them become the best that they can. Because with every Brian Abreu that comes out, there's a Jose Cruz that doesn't. There's a, you know, there's so many that don't make it. But how do you treat those guys and put everybody in the same position to hopefully have success? I hear you. Eric Kratz, it's, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, again, really enjoyed your uh, work this year with Scott Fransky. Look here, forward to hearing you again. Uh, hey, we'll call you, we'll call you uh, after the World Series parade. Deal. I'll put it in the book. In All pencil. Right. In pencil, <laughs> not in pen, just like Dusty Baker. <laughs> Got it. Eric, thank you so much. No doubt. Thank you, guys. All right, man. Be Thanks, well. Eric. Very sharp guy. Very sharp guy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.